What's good, everybody? And just like my intro says, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, wherever you are in the world. This is your host, Mr. Brandon Wade, but you can call me B2. You can call me B squared. You can call me whatever you want to call me, but you got to follow the rule. And I know some of y'all newly introduced, so some of y'all don't necessarily know this rule, bro. I've been saying it since I started this whole podcast when this was a radio show a couple years back. But the rule ain't changed, y'all. So here's the rule. You can call me whatever you want to call me, but as long as it's nice. Welcome back to your favorite show, Pay It Forward, your favorite podcast, man. We are growing, we're living life, and we are working on being real. So this is more of my journey, and I picked up a couple things. Uh, I think the last one I did was maybe a week or two ago. I'm feeling more like I'm going to be recording on a more consistent schedule. Cool thing now is that because I have my own equipment, I can record wherever and really whenever I want to record. And that's the cool thing about, you know, having that autonomy. You know, it wasn't always like that um, when I was in the studio uh, years back and I was recording. I mean, I love the studio, but I just couldn't record uh, whenever I always wanted to, you know, there were particular times and hours and stuff like that. And I did have favor with some people, but it's much better when you have your own equipment and you're able to do things the way that, you know, you're prompted to do them, things that will, you know, connect with people. So you feel me? I love doing this. And this is just this is this is my life's work here. You know, taking the lessons that I learned and paying it forward to others. And, you know, I always say some things sound more humble than they feel, but that's really just kind of what I do, you know, and I, I really like doing it. So it's not no chore to me. Um, so there's a couple things that um, I was on my heart to talk about earlier uh, today. And I was just kind of debating back and forth, like, all right, should I record? Would it be fake right now if I recorded? Because I mean, I got a lot of stuff I want to say, and I've always typically got something I want to say. But it's not even so much that I have something I want to say, but is it something that is going to bring life and authenticity to me? And is it something that's going to bless the people? I can't have decide whether it's going to bless the people, but I can do my best to be real with myself. And so I was like, man, should I record? Should I not? You know, like, you know, I've gotten some good responses from the last time that I did a podcast recording. And that really encouraged me, like, because that last podcast recording, like I genuinely had thought like, man, I don't really even know if people are really going to relate to this or even if they do relate, is it going to even really benefit anyone? You know, and so I was just sitting here like, man, I don't even know where this is going. You know, I didn't bother to go in with an intro. Sometimes I have song intros and stuff like that. And I was like, well, I don't even know if I want to do all that. So I was really just thinking like, all right, do I really want to even go through with this? And, you know, it just had come to my spirit, like, leave it as it is and put it for upload. And so I said, you know what, I'll go on and do that. So I did. And I got a lot of positive response from it. And positive response is always encouraging. Um, it really made me feel good to hear that people of all you know, denominations, ages, everybody was looking at it and was like, man, I can connect. Because see, the point is not whether I people agree. The point is whether people can connect because we we focus so much on everybody agreeing with us. And sometimes agreement ain't necessarily connection. And, you know, 
I, it's been something I've always held an ideal to like, man, bro, like I want people when they talk to me, I want them to agree with me. I want them to like me. I want them to say to me that they value and appreciate me. But half the time, is that really what we want? And usually it's like, nah, agreement and all that is cool. But when you're connected with people that remind you that there's something here for you and it, it might not even be so much connecting with other people, but being willing to be connected with ourselves. And we always hear all this self-care stuff. Everybody on IG talking about, you got to love yourself first. And I'm like, those are definitely people that don't spend any time loving themselves. Because that's just not something that people say. The work of loving yourself is a daily, it's a, it's a, it's a hourly type thing, you know. The work of trying to love yourself and be open to it, especially if you weren't somebody that had that model to them. It's a it's a daily thing. It's something that you got to be built for. And, and really, I think all of us as humans are built for it. I just don't think that all of us were fortunate enough to have people that modeled it in a way that was healthy to us. And the people we supposed to get it modeled from are our parents. And our parents oftentimes didn't have it modeled to them. So we have this loop where... You got people on one side that are hurt, manipulated, and bullied, and that's their pattern of program thinking. So what they do is they go and hurt, manipulate, and bully. And so they're only doing that because that's their pattern of program thinking, and that's what they know. And when we change those patterns of thinking, sometimes we can find ourselves feeling super hell resentful towards people that have done that to us. And I know that that's been me. That's one of the things I want to talk about, and I'm going to talk about in this podcast is the feeling of resentment when especially I'm going to talk about that and it's going to apply to both genders or whatever gender that you are. I believe that it applies to humans. You feel me? I I make my podcast for human beings. You feel me? So it's not about gender orientation, anything like that. I make my podcast for human beings and I want to guide people in a way that will bring them the most life. And so I tell people about my walk and, and what I do and my experiences um, in my in my in my different things in my faith and in all these things like that. And I only make these anecdotes because that's literally what I do. So I want to see people um, come to the idea that there's more for them than wherever they think they are right now. So I make my podcast for human beings. So regardless of what your gender may be, whatever it is, even if you're just pan, you be just gender neutral or whatever. This is not some. this is a safe space for whoever is trying to seek after, you know, a, a real and authentic experience. You feel me? So I, I'm just somebody that's trying to do what I can myself to guide people in the way that I believe will benefit them. So you feel me? You are welcome here, whomever you might be. All right. So with that being said, um, I was talking about the idea of masculine and feminine and um, a lot of people that I've talked to people and from different uh, walks of life spiritually and things like that. There's a different type of narrative and some people have the narrative of masculine and feminine and they talk about yin and yang and things of that nature. And I think that there's genuine truth in that. And for the Christians that are out there, a lot of times we say, well, that's, you know, that's not blah, blah, blah. Well, it is in the Bible actually, because um, in the, in Genesis, if you believe according to the Bible, um, Eve came out of Adam, which meant Adam had both masculine and feminine in there. So just to let some people know that are just casting things aside based off of the way you heard something 
you know, I would just encourage everybody to look at things from a more patient perspective. All right. So that was, that one was more or less a disclaimer and a, a notice for the Christians before I go in and be real, because if there's, I believe anyone that really struggles with, with being real, a lot of times it's those that have faith, even in faiths that are not Christian. I've seen that with those that are Buddhist, with those that are Muslim, with those that are um, just atheists. I've seen that, you know, in different, regardless of faith or spirituality, I've seen it with everybody that a lot of us struggle with being real. And sometimes we struggle with that because of the faith that we have. And I believe the faith is supposed to augment us being real. It ain't supposed to hinder us from that. So the moment that faith starts hindering us from being real, it becomes religion and religion ain't never helped nobody. It ain't, it ain't true. Fake religion ain't false religion. Ain't never helped nobody because true religion is, is, is at its core full of compassion and full of realness and authenticity and it can't help but do anything but be righteous so i guess that was more or less just kind of a thing for the people that will hear it and possibly be ready to deny a message because they don't know where it comes from and i say hey look take some time and be patient and if not then this us all good but check this out right masculine and feminine right is what i've been learning about uh with some different teachers that are really grounded in things like that and they talk about um that masculine and feminine energies and uh, one of the mentors in which I have who I look who I look up to, because I believe you should always have mentors, no matter what your age is. You should always have mentors. My mentors have mentors. You should always have people that have been farther along the path that you want to go that you are and can teach you. You know, I have financial mentors. I have emotional mentors, mentors that teach me about, you know, um, manhood that teach me about groundedness. I have spiritual mentors. Um, that, that teach you about growth and things of that nature. You should always have mentors. The reason that I can aid, I can learn how to be grounded and I can have an easier time about it is because of the people that surround me. Man, your circle will do a lot for you, good or bad. Your circle is going to be what influences you a lot of times. And so I try to keep mentorship around me that actually not only challenges me to grow, but helps me to grow. Because just because something challenges you to grow don't really mean it's helping you to grow. I mean, anybody can say, trust God, bro. But that doesn't necessarily tell you how you're supposed to do that. Anybody can say, get in a car and drive it. And that could challenge you to grow, but that doesn't necessarily help you grow. You feel me? So you should always have people around you. And I try to be that for the friends that, that I know and that I have, regardless of where they at, if they need something or an insight from me, then I try to be that and, and help them because I remember what it was like to not necessarily feel like you had somebody that could help you. So not only that, it just feels like it's my life's work to be able to help people in this. So <sighs> mentorship is important. And, and one of the mentors that I have um, when it comes to life is uh, uh, Brian Reeves. I always usually plug his name, but he's uh, Brian Reeves. His Instagram is Brian Reeves Insight. He has this really good book uh, about women, but really it's not so much about women, but about accountability and relationships. And it's called Choose Her Every Day or Leave Her. And it's a fantastic book. Um, I'm a, um, at least, I think, 10 chapters through. Uh, it's a really, really eye-opening book. And what it does is it holds us accountable, as especially if you're a man, it holds you accountable to your actions because a lot of times our greatest teachers are the opposite sex. And they're teachers about humility and teachers about being present and things of that nature. And he has this book and mo so most of the things he does is it's, it's all on about challenging our perspective to grow but also aiding us to grow so 
He's somebody that I personally look up to because he has the fruits to bear that. He has a beautiful relationship. He has a um he has a, his you know his relationship is very fruitful and very successful. You can see the love that's in their relationship and you can very clearly see that it's not a perfect relationship. You can see that they argue, you can see that they yelled and cussed at each other and stuff like that. You can see that their relationship is very clearly not perfect, but it is something that is worth being respected. It's not the only relationship you know, mentor that I have, I have others that have helped me. Um, uh, and I, and I'm going to plug them in the, uh, in the description of my, my, uh, my podcast, you know, I have a spiritual community. Um, we, we go by real prayer movement and we, we meet and we have zoom calls and stuff like that. And we're just literally real people praying. There's people of all from, from all countries that come to our prayer line and they be praying. And then we have people of all faiths that will come and show up. And we try to give people an authentic experience with the creator. You feel me? So we'd be on there. Um, I'm even plug that, you know, everybody, anybody that's interested is free to come on and free to check it out. So, you know, you feel me? It's just to touch base that I have a lot of success and my success increases because of the friends and mentors that I have. Depending on who is around me, those are people that influence where I go. They don't decide where I go, but they do influence where I go. You feel me? So I was dealing a lot with masculine and feminine. There's another guy, too, that uh, is really good. His name is Jake Woodard, and he deals with a lot of like, you know, personal. uh, He deals with a lot of personal, you know, energies, things of that nature, Um Another uh, mentor that I that that I have who helped me personally through a lot of the grief that I had when my dad died in 2019 was um, uh, Steve Wood um, and his uh, his his girlfriend Inzinga Inzinga Moore. Um, they helped me a lot uh, through my my initial processes and even through my intermediate processes of grieving and stuff like that. Um, also I, I have a lot of people that have helped me and contributed directly to my life. I have a therapist, you know, I have a lot of people that I just try to surround myself with so that they can aid me as well as challenge me to grow. You feel me? So what, getting back on masculine and feminine, like, um, he taught, he, they, they, a lot of people talk about how, you know, masculine energy is the energy that's about, um, accomplishing tasks. And that's kind of like where the world is today. Everybody's thinking about what do you do? Where are you going? How are you getting there? How much do you have? What possessions do you own? What do you not own? And a lot of identity is based around that. You know, how, how attractive is your X, Y, and Z? All of those are masculine energies. Um, then you have feminine, which is more on the creative side. It's more on the, the emotional, it's more on the let things be as they are and experience, you know, feminine, the feminine energy is what causes you to slow down. It's what causes you to, you know, go outside and touch the grass and just breathe. And just, it's, it's, it's that, that laugh that you get, that feeling that you get that, that, that opens you up. It's what happens when people sing and they can't explain why they're connected, but they are. There's a lot of that in the feminine energy side. And a lot of times what you have is, um, uh, people that are not in touch with those things. And that's usually where people are is because a lot of us are still trapped in childhood and adolescence just simply because we had parents that were that way. We needed our parents to be unconditional lovers and, and support for us, but they were unable to. And so a lot of times they either parentified you, which means they gave you roles that you would didn't, you weren't supposed to have. They, 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 they confided in you things you weren't supposed to hear. They treated you 
like adults when you didn't need to be treated that way. They didn't give you space to be a child because they were busy leaning on you. And that is something that really messes with our sense of identity and boundaries and things like that. And so, you know, I had a lot of experiences, you know, my dad, even growing up as a kid would always say like, boy, boy, what's wrong with you? You know, boy, you know, get it together. And a lot of black families be like, yup, yup, yup. That's just how it's supposed to be. Yup, yup. And that's not how it's supposed to be. That's not how it's supposed to be. And, 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 you know, there were a lot of things that were just said to me over the years. And I was just like, bruh, like this really affects the way that you think. And you say, nah, he'll get over it. You know, it's just tough love. And there's nothing about that that is truly loving. It's survival is what it is. It's not tough love. It's literally survival mechanisms. And I understand why we do that. And just in case you happen to not be somebody that's African-American listening to this chat, and maybe you've had some similarities, whether you are or not. I just want to elaborate. Um, in African-American families, especially black families, if you come from any type of region, a lot of us are primarily teaching our children to survive because that's what we were taught was survival comes more before anything else. So it's not saying that you wouldn't learn that if you weren't uh, African-American, but you would learn that primarily if you were African-American, you're going to be taught about survival, about the color of your skin. You're going to be taught how to do certain things, how to code switch, as you will. Things that we're just taught as kids and we're taught survival over thriving. We're taught survival over resilience. We're taught survival over understanding who we are and not realizing that understanding who we are helps us to survive. But the fear, that primal fear that somebody is going to get taken away from you or something is going to get taken away from you will drive you to do things that you don't even realize is going to drive you to do. It drives us to do things. So my experiences with um, those particular those particular fears and things like that, my dad was more or less oriented about teaching me how to survive. He said, you know, boy, you got to learn this. Boy, you got to learn that. Boy, you got to learn this. Because he's thinking about my son needs to live. My son needs to survive. And I don't care what condition he survives in as long as he does survive. And that's what survival is focused on. It doesn't care anything about how you survive, just that you survive. It doesn't care whether you survive broken. It doesn't care whether you barely make it out. It just cares whether you make it out. So a lot of African-American families teach us um, early on about what it takes to survive because that's the lessons that we were taught. You know, that's what 400 years of slavery and things of that nature engraves in people is survival is most important. And while survival is important when it needs to be important, it is not the only and even the most important facet of life. Survival is never going to teach you resilience. It's not going to teach you how to live. It's not going to teach you how to express. It's not going to teach you how to be real. It's not going to teach you the skills necessary to really grow and thrive in life. It only does what it is designed to do, which is teach you how to survive. So when someone's in survival mode, they ain't thinking about masculine and femininity. They don't care nothing about that. They're like, look, as long as there's food on the table, boy, you should be good. You know, as long as you got a roof over your head, boy, you should be good. And so it's understandable that that's how things are. But as we, when we mature and we are in a position to where those aren't our chief concerns, we can focus on things that actually cause us to grow. Like, 
being in touch with those things, those masculine, feminine energies and things of that nature, which ultimately teach us what we really, really, really need, which is resilience and how to thrive and how to grow. So that's what I've been on is this whole masculine and feminine thing. And, um, I was gonna, I was pointing out a post that, um, came from, uh, Brian's page and he was talking about how he said, boys fear men. And I was just to touch base on the whole, a lot of us are not, you know, really men because we've not, we're not, we were never initiated into manhood, particularly by anybody that was an actual man. Usually we've got a lot of people that are grown in their bodies and maybe they pay bills and stuff like that. But on the inside, they're still just scared kids because that's all that happened. And you've got a lot of that going on even in the world right now. That's why you have such extreme reactions about certain things that are taking place right now is because a lot of people are not truly men. Even they might be 60 and 70, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're men. They're just grown children. Because they didn't have anyone to teach them how to be men and how to be women and how to take responsibility for themselves and for their actions. So a lot of us are still not men. Even if you're 40 or 50, you're still not really, in most cases, we're not still men in a lot of ways because we weren't taught that and we're just scared kids trying to pretend. So um, Brian talked about how, you know, at 40, he realized that he had this deep, deep self-loathing towards himself about being a man. And man, bro, I'm gonna tell you that reason that 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 resonated with me super heavy. I did not expect that to, to, to connect with me that way. Like I used to in my experiences and I had a, like different relationship experiences and um, I would always kind of wonder, you know, what was what was, you know going on how come it seemed like there were times where I would feel really mature until somebody said something to me and then I would just become like a child I, I even if I was able to direct my words like an adult I was still angry like a child like just steaming in rage or just shame and just wondering why I just could not connect and I had realized you know, well, well I, I was looking at a lot of these things and I would just feel this feeling of just just resentment towards myself. And his quote said that boys fear women, but they also fear real men, too. And I can actually remember that feeling It's like a primal, just raw feeling. And I can't even say I remember it. I can even tap into that feeling right now. It's like a primal, raw terror, like get away from me. Don't come around me. There's times I felt that way when I were around people younger than me, when I was around kids, you know, even when I was around older adults, especially when I would get around a woman that I could tell was really genuinely confident in herself. God, I would feel just like raw terror. And even to this day, sometimes I still feel that raw terror. I would suppress it. You know, I could work around it. You know, I could project and I could communicate still. But, oh, man, I could feel that raw terror that was like, Oh God, you are the scariest thing on the planet. Stay away from me. And I always used to wonder what was wrong with me in that. And maybe it wasn't anything that was wrong with me. But what I experienced was that he, like what what Brian said, was that he had deep self-loathing in himself. And he loathed himself for being a man because he never had any examples of men anything good about himself that he could connect to when the word man came up and when I thought about that I realized I felt the exact feel and have felt the exact same way I couldn't connect anything 
there was nothing I could connect with. Um, I dealt with some, you know, some spiritual and emotional abuse and things like that and some struggles from a spiritual mentor that I really, really, really trusted. And it, it really hurt me. You know, I, I still believe that he was out there and he was doing his best that he could, but man, it really hurt me. And so the three men that I looked up to, well, four men that I looked up to, when I looked back at them, I really felt like I could never summon like, wow, this is something that I really want to become. You know, this is somebody I really want to be. And I, and, and I was looking at all these older men and I would find myself profoundly disappointed. And I can just remember a particular time when I was uh, interacting with my spiritual mentor and it wasn't um, he ended up passing away, too, in 2020. Um, and I remember, um, just interacting with him and, uh, we talked and, uh, uh, he, he had said something that was kind of not, I was not happy with how he said it. And I understood this nature, but he, you know, this was somebody with several PhDs. This was somebody with, you know, a lot of experience in the world. This was a, you know, a, you know, a former Marine. I mean, he was somebody that, you know, you felt like you could trust, you know, and so I remember speaking to him and he just had said something that, you know, it wasn't harmful, but I was really experiencing a lot of deep feelings because my dad had just died. And I was just like, hey, if there's any way that you could say something differently and you could take what you said and just phrase it a little bit differently, like I kind of need that right now and I'd really appreciate it. And the issue came up that he got really offended. Like he is almost like he threw a temper tantrum and, you know, it was like a grown man's temper tantrum, but there were just some things he said and he was just like, you know, you should know that I'm not that kind of person. You should understand what, you know, is being told to you. And, you know, you need to be more careful and you need to do this and that. And it, it was, really hurtful because in that one moment it was like I realized that he was a grown man I mean I'm talking about a man with a lot of credentials a lot of accolades a very intelligent charismatic man somebody that was you know decades older than me somebody that literally was was somebody I looked at as a father and I could tell in that moment that in many ways he was still like a kid and the way he reacted I realized was like a five-year-old would you know, he was very hurt and very defensive. And I tried to phrase it the best way I could in just letting him know, you know, as somebody who was really hurt me, I wasn't trying to argue with him or nothing like that. I said, hey, you know, I love you. And it's really, you know, it's just not something that I can handle right then. And he just he, you know, it, it got really bad. And I can just remember feeling like what what of a I felt so disappointed. And that was mostly the thing is I felt was this sense of disappointment, you know, this sense of feeling like I had burned all this time and that I had sold all this time into this person and spent all this time. And then only to find out, like, here I am thinking that I'm being guided the right way. But ultimately, it's almost like feeling like I was being guided by a little kid who was just in a very grown body and was making grown decisions. But most of the decisions that he was making was almost in a lot of ways like a child. And it was like a really big letdown for me. And so when I was talking about manhood and the idea of manhood and like feeling like I could be connected with my own sense of like masculinity and everything like that, like I'm looking back and I'm like, man, do I really have something here? Like I'm looking at myself and I'm like, God, I don't feel like a man at all. And I'm looking and thinking, 
I had this deep feeling of resentment towards the idea of being a man. And I mean, it's something that I've still struggled with this primal fear, this, this. And I mean, I, as I, as a 30 year old, I, there's so many times in my life. I, I, I can't say that I don't feel any differently from the mentor that I had. I didn't feel any differently than him. You know, like you feel like you're just a five year old in a 30 year old's body. Like I still have so many dreams that I had when I was like four and five. You know, dreams of, of, of being validated, of being, you know, held, seen, loved and all these things like that. Like I still got all those dreams. And sometimes I still feel like the five year old is just accomplishing things in a 30 year old way. And I feel like a lot of us as men feel that way. And a lot of times you are trying to make sense of things in a world that's full of a lot of us that are like that. A lot of us that are still five-year-olds. And I think that honestly, it applies again to any gender preference, but I I specifically speak to men and women because I I feel like I understand that the most. So I definitely think it applies to the opposite sex too, because I see it in, in movies and media. And I realize that I say, yo, like, there are men and women that still want to be princes and prince princes and princesses. You know, Cinderella still is a dream for most young women that I've met. And I mean, I'm talking about young, you know, capable, successful women still want to be princesses deep down in that even if they're not saying it, a lot of them still want to be princesses. And that's a dream that's implanted in them oftentimes when they're like four and five. And so a lot of us are still like that. You know, I still want to be in a lot of ways like a superhero. You know, you want to be a superhero. You want to save people. You want to be loved and validated and appreciated. And those dreams still come out. And I feel like the more that we don't acknowledge and allow those dreams to exist, the the more that they're not able to ever really mature into what they actually are, which are there, there's nothing wrong with having those types of dreams nothing they're the things that 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 build us into believing that we can do things that ultimately cause us to become mature people the only hindrance is that when those dreams are not acknowledged they begin to start ruling us and the the, the child oftentimes that a lot of us have dealt with because our parents and a lot a lot of our parents were children not everyone's parents some people were fortunate enough to have parents that had matured and had gone past their adolescence in their emotional and mental state and had become genuine adults and genuine men and real men and women and so they were they were regulated and taught in a safe way and so they're what the uh self-healing community calls uh um, securely attached and so they're not threatened by a lack of attachment or, or, or they're overly anxious and attached. They are what you would call securely attached. So there are everyone that I'm talking to is, is not coming from a, just a completely traumatized family, but I'm speaking to the ones that were over parentified where your, your parents, you know, came to you and, and put roles in you that you knew instinctively that weren't yours, but you couldn't say nothing about it. So you just had to do it because your parents were your, your lifeline for survival. And plus you love your parents and you, you have an unconditional love for your parents. And sometimes it sucks, but our kids sometimes be the first person in our lives to ever unconditionally love us. You know, maybe their parents didn't, weren't able to unconditionally love them. And we sometimes look and say, man, I can't wait till I have kids so I can do that to my kids. And we don't realize that that perpetuates the cycle of us not ever truly maturing and growing up. And so 
I felt myself and I've been feeling myself for a while struggling with deep resentment towards men because I looked at all the male figures that I looked up to before this point and all I could just feel was disappointment, betrayal, shame, rage, uh, uh, just resentment, loneliness, longing, and fear. And... All it has really made me feel is a, a worry about whether I would be truly good enough um, for the task and stuff that I am. And um, this is one reason why I have gained an, a, a respect for things that can't be bought through talent. Because, see, you can be a talent and you can have a talent that's given to you that can allow you to accomplish things that a lot of people struggle with with ease. There's a talent for, you know, being eloquent. There's a talent for being able to use your words and be able to, you know, there's a talent for being able to understand things technologically. There's a talent for being athletic. You know, you can just be talented at something. And talents are beautiful. They're given by God. They're given by God to draw more people, I believe, to him. That's why they're given. You know, they're, they're expressions of, of, of God's perfection. And every talent is something that, you know, I believe humbles us and lets us know that no matter how great we think we are, there's always something that's greater out there that even we don't understand. Every talented person I've ever met has always told me if I asked them, how do you do what you do? They'd be able to say, I don't know how I'm able to do it, just that I'm able to do it. So talents are great. And oftentimes we assume that someone that is talented or capable or experienced in an area is grounded and is a safe and, 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 and good person to trust because their talent is good. And that is something that is overlooked. I've seen it in several celebrities. I've seen where they've been elevated to standards that I could just tell they weren't ready for, you know, that they were just given these things because they were talented and given this approval and given this love because so many of us don't see our hurting kids behind the adults. We just see this confident looking, capable looking, successful looking person that may just have a talent at being and appearing confident or eloquent and they may be broken and hurt on the inside. And it's scary. It's a scary reality especially for a lot of us out there. And I was just saying that a lot of us just have dreams that we've attached ourselves to and that we, we haven't given up on. There's no reason to give up on your dream as a kid. It's only that when we are able to work through and allow ourselves to be present, present in our bodies, present with our feelings, present with ourselves, that it's like we even get a chance to feel half of that stuff. To even know that we're even like out there because I mean there's a lot of people I mean you look at you look at how successful some of these people are out there right now some of the richest and wealthiest people the Jeff Bezos is and the Bill Gates and they're been they're being held to this high standard of being righteous and moral people because they're rich and they get divorced and everybody goes whoa you can't get divorced you're rich well that's the same thing as being talented you can have a talent for making money you can have a talent for, you know, sing, just like you have a talent for singing. And a lot of people that may not have that talent always go like, wow, 
my life would be so much better if I had that talent. And a talent does not make your life better. I need everybody to hear this one on this line. A talent does not make your life better. It can add volume to your life. It can increase and enhance what you experience, but it does not necessarily make life better. Talented people don't live better lives than other people. They live different lives than other people. And I can just say as somebody that's had a lot of talents, I have been blessed. I've been gifted with a lot of different talents. And a lot of times I'm like, man, I enjoy my talents. I enjoy having them. I enjoy what they do. I enjoy what they do for me. You know, I enjoy what they do for others. But I just thought about all the years that as a kid and just even now that my talents didn't necessarily lend to me being happy. That just meant that I was just a talented and really hurting, wounded and a lonely person, just very talented. And there are things that you can't buy with talent. You can't buy someone that keeps their word. You can't buy integrity. You cannot buy someone that keeps promises to themselves. Uh, you cannot buy authenticity. There's no talent for authenticity. Like you, it's a personal choice that any human being can make to be authentic. Um, working on your your own personal growth, and I'm not even just talking about fitness, but I'm talking about emotional growth, uh, uh, groundedness, um, a willingness to be in touch with spiritual things, a willingness to submit, a uh, humility. None of those things are talents. And I personally believe humility can truly only be given by God. Like you have to work. That has to be something you work. That's a literal action. It cannot just be given. (sighs) So looking back in my life at, at 30, you know, there's so many things that, you know, I've been proud of and there's accomplishments I've had. And in a lot of ways, I still have felt like that lonely, angry, scared shame-filled child that's still trying to figure out what happened. Why wasn't he good enough in that one moment? You know, I've always been, I've always had a really big interest in time travel and things of that nature, even though I personally never really thought about time travel, like in my own life, but just, I've always been like the idea of science fiction. I love science fiction, time travel. Uh, so I love the Terminator movies. You know, I've loved, uh, the show timeless back to the future. I've always liked the idea of, of time travel. And I realized that as a kid, it came from this deep, deep desire to change my past to say all those times where I missed the right thing to say, like, cause I always felt like that there was something deeply wrong with me. And I would go like, man, like, well, I've gone like, man, like, but what if I just had had gone left when I, when I meant to go right? Like everything would have been different. I would just have been better. Like I remember just all the times where I would get, where I would feel bullied and get bullied as a kid and just get harassed as a kid. And just, just, I used to want to be that guy that could always say the cool things. And so as a kid, and even as an adult, I became just had this deep craving, this, almost this longing, this obsession to become somebody that always said the right thing that was always valued. And it was like, if I can't fix my past by going into the past, I can fix my past by doing everything I wanted to do in the past, in the present, when I'm able to do it. And as much as that's a beautiful sentiment, as much as I'm like really just sitting here like, man, I need to like really grieve this situation, bro. Cause like, it's not even so much of like, you can't change the past, but you don't 
need to. Because I, I, I still feel that child in me that's still angry and still like, why, 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 why? And the past doesn't particularly need to be changed. It's like the present just wants to be acknowledged. And so many of us are in a place where we don't know how to live in the present because nobody told us. You know, nobody instructed us and said, hey, you could do this. Hey, you could do that. Hey, you could you could try this. Nobody instructed us on how to not live in the past. So a lot of us take refuge in our past and in the ideas of our future and our present says, but I want your attention. And I know for me, I've been like, screw that. I don't want I don't want to be present when I know that my past is still angry. And and, 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 and so. I have really wanted us to be and wanted myself to just understand some of the things it's taken. You know, I've, I've, I've been preparing for a lot of changes and a lot of situations in my life. And they've all been good things, good preparations, you know, good blessings and stuff like that. It's just been kind of like, all right, how many books and how much preparation do I need to do to be good enough to not completely just screw this up? And I'm just saying so much of my identity I had wrapped in was how good of my performance was. And that's kind of like how I survived dealing with my dad was how good is your performance? If your performance is so good, nobody can say nothing to you. You know, I I survived the situations with my mentors and stuff like that back then because it was like, how good are you? And now those were the only situations I felt safe with. If you weren't telling me about how good I was doing, I was like, I can't trust you. And man, is that a painful and an exhausting way to live. Oh. So I really, man, I've wanted to speak to everybody that is whatever age you are, wherever you at, like, especially if you're a man trying to figure out your relationship to your masculine, because that's, again, like something that I've known nothing about, like how to enjoy and be in touch with what is called the sacred masculine, which is another term. I I think I mentioned it before, um, which is a term where you are comfortable and accepting of your own masculine energy which allows for you to hold your own feminine energy and hold the feminine energy of someone else because that's really important and I just looking back and was like man I've had a few times where I thought oh okay I've stepped into my sacred masculine and I would step right back out like yeah I'm back out of that so for anybody that's trying you know, what? one thing that I try to do is I try to just sow small seeds of trust. So I do that in every area of my life, which means that I don't try to yam trees into the ground of trust. And we always think we need to do that. You know, you just need to trust something right off the bat and just completely trust it. You know, we're, we're oftentimes the people that are stirred up emotionally and we're stirred up so much. And the person just says, trust me. And you go and you dive off the cliff and maybe they catch you and maybe they don't. And we think that that's trust, but it, it, it really kind of isn't. Trust is seeds planted into the ground that bear fruit oftentimes over time when they're watered. And I always just used to kind of think like, man, like 
you need to make it all happen right now. And I'm like, well, maybe I don't. If I can't, if I can't accept what I'm feeling, then maybe I can allow it. And if I can't allow it, maybe I can at least acknowledge it. And even if I can't acknowledge it, maybe I can acknowledge that it's something that I feel and I want to acknowledge. But sowing that small seed of trust by saying, you know what, I'm going to take a little step here. Maybe I can't take the full step, but I'm going to take a little step here. And I'm going to accept and allow myself and acknowledge that I did the best I could in that little step. And also what's helped me again is keeping small, small promises to yourself. You know, maybe that's just going outside and getting some air or maybe that's just, you know, taking a walk or something like that. It's not so much about what you do, but about the fact that you tap a promise to yourself. Because a lot of us have been really hurt by people that were not even keeping promises to themselves. They didn't keep promises to themselves. And so they didn't keep a promise to you. They told you they made a promise. They swore. Sometimes they even swear on God and won't do it. And. Sometimes the most painful part is when you look back and you realize that a lot of times those per people really didn't mean to hurt you. And that's what made them more dangerous is they didn't maliciously intend to hurt you. They literally thought they were helping you or they thought that this was for the greater good. And those things really, 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 really hurt. I've also been in the practice of taking some deep breaths, you know, being present with my breath and trying to tap into whatever I'm feeling at the moment, like try to find words to describe it, like excited, like right now I feel tense, uh, kind of excited, um, scared, a little stressed. Um, and also not to say a little stress, just stress. Like sometimes we like to put little prefaces on our words, a little, this, a lot of that. And feelings are just feelings. Like they're meant to be felt. They don't need an explanation. They just meant to be felt. We say because, and they don't need a because they just, you feel that way. You don't need to be, I feel stressed because you say, I feel stressed and that's it. And to try to get in touch, too, with my own sense of vulnerability, my own sense of willingness, just different things like that. So just those are steps, you know, taking a breath and trying to keep small promises to yourself, promises you can keep without needing someone else's permission to do it. Some people, you guys may still be living in houses where you need someone's permission to do something. So it oftentimes becomes about finding things that you can do for yourself that you don't need someone else's permission to do. And I mean, I know even for some of you guys that may be listening, you've been in houses and even you might even be a grown person and still be feeling and still have somebody that's breathing over your neck and you feel like you can't do anything without that person's approval. And I know what that's like because I've been there. And I want to just tell you, I'm so sorry that you were parentified and you were forced into a position that you didn't even you that you knew that you weren't meant for. And I'm so sorry that somebody was not able to step up and be the adult that you needed them to be because they were still children themselves. <sighs> my prayer and my words of life for everybody here is that everybody under the sound of my voice will begin to have a much more graceful and easy and con- an easy connection with 
their feminine and their masculine with the right alignment that's meant for them and that everybody here would be somebody that constantly seeks after the truth and not even just the truth, but authenticity as well. And so that's my prayer and that everybody would be concerned about the things that truly make them who they are. And that as long as y'all are seeking after the truth, the truth is going to come and reveal itself. So I thank you for these things in Jesus name. Amen. I love y'all, man. And I'm going to keep y'all updated about some of the new things that are taking place. Um, You know, I'm going to eventually be getting into guest segments pretty soon. So we're going to have some real conversations with some real people. Um, I appreciate everybody that listens to me, everybody that takes the time to tune in, you know, to hear the things that I have to say, because y'all have have helped me feel encouraged about just being somebody that speaks about things that I feel are important to me. This is one of the places where I feel like I can speak whatever it is I need to be said and leave it at that. So I love y'all, man, and y'all have always blessed me. So I speak that peace over y'all, and I'm going to see y'all on the next one. All right? Peace.